Welcome to the Alchemy Archetypes and Ascension podcast. I'm your host, Jess Beard. I believe we can change the world if we all concentrate on ascending into the greatest versions of ourselves in this lifetime. All episodes and interviews are to inspire and educate us to transform. I want to explore spirituality, 5D and quantum shifting, health, mindset, business and more. If you need to transform any era in your life, then I want to be talking about it. Hello and welcome to my latest episode with the gorgeous and incredible Susie Hemstead. I am so excited to have her joining me for this episode because I have been secretly stalking her online and she has her own incredible podcast called The Mystic's Path. I highly recommend it and I'll put the links in and everything. But she was talking about her pilgrimages and I was just totally wrapped in these stories and I'm like I need to get this lady onto my podcast and be talking about the power of pilgrimages to help people with their transformation and this podcast I want it to be everything to do with transformation in all the many different ways I'm slightly obsessed so I'm so happy you're joining me could you please introduce yourself to my audience please of course and thank you so much for having me Jess I'm so excited to have the conversation. Travel and pilgrimage is one of my favorite things in the world. So to have this conversation today, yeah, feels so good. So my name is Susie Hempstead. I am a quantum energy healer, a spiritual mentor, a business coach for spiritual entrepreneurs. I'm also a yoga teacher. I've been teaching yoga for nine years, a meditation teacher. So very multidimensional. It can't really fit me in a box, <laughs> which is the case for so many of us doing this kind of work in the world. My story is quite, I guess, untraditional or different to most spiritual workers. I, as a kid, I don't remember seeing things or having spiritual experiences. And I actually kind of went the opposite way. I was very adamant that I was an atheist. I had no beliefs. I didn't believe anything existed. And then, um, you know, life unfolded and now I'm a quantum energy healer <laughs> doing something that I never, never, ever, ever imagined that I would be doing in this lifetime. So, yeah, I'm currently residing in the UK. That's where my family are from. But really, I feel most at home in Australia and um, traveling the world and visiting sacred sites. Amazing. And I'm so glad that you brought that up because there is a lot of people exactly like yourself. And I, apart from having a few little secret desires and I bought a few witchy books and earth stuff and shaman stuff as a secretly hiding it um, when I was a teenager. But apart from that, I never really felt like I had fabulous intuition. I never felt like I saw anything or, you know, fairies or things. I, I did like to buy crystals and didn't really know why at that stage. Mm -hmm. And I really thank you for bringing that up because I have many people who will come on and many people I talk to and they're just like, oh, I, I knew so much and when I was a child and then I suppressed it and then, then I allowed it to open back up. But sometimes we can be just going along and then we're hit by the spirit bus and it's it's quite jarringly, you know. Some, for some people the awakening can happen like much, much later in life. So it's just when, yeah, when that's ready to come through. So I know that we were going to talk about pilgrimages, but I feel like we should ask with your spiritual awakening, um, what happened there, if you don't mind sharing? 
Yeah. Okay. So I, yeah, I'd love to share this. So I grew up in, you know, a middle-class family in the UK and had a really, you know, beautiful upbringing, like enjoyed school. Um, and then after school and doing my A-levels before university, yeah, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do, like where my life path was leading me. I ended up going and studying psychology at um, a university in the UK and getting a Bachelor of Science in psychology. And this was this was just because I enjoyed um, studying human behavior and understanding the human and the way that the mind works. So this is why I went and studied this. And when I came out of my study, I was like, okay, what do I do now? And at this point, we were in a major recession in the UK and jobs were like um, few and far between. So I ended up actually going into a sales role within a corporate company and kind of working my way up from the bottom and working my way up, way up, way up, way up, way up. Um, and actually ended up, you know, really enjoyed that um, that job for a few years until I didn't. And it became very stressful. I had a lot of responsibilities. I was quite high up in the company, like en route to become a board member, you know, in my 30s, like really was like killing it in my career. When I would go on holiday during my corporate job, I would always go for like two weeks and I would try and go over the Easter holidays so I would could like stretch it out and maybe do a two and a half week trip. So my pilgrimaging, pilgrimaging actually kind of started like a long, 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 long time ago. So I was in my corporate job and I was like feeling the call to India. I'd already been to India when I was 21 and I felt the call to go back. And I went back to India and... It was on this trip that I received this download from Spirit that I was meant to do my yoga teacher training. Now, this made no sense, like no sense whatsoever. I'd been practicing yoga for a few years. I love the practice, but I was like a corporate badass bitch at this point. Like, I was a corporate warrior. I did not want to be a yoga teacher at all. But I couldn't deny this calling to go and do my yoga teacher training. So I managed to make logic of it by working out okay how much is the yoga teacher training okay it's like two thousand pounds or it's like two and a half thousand pounds whatever it was okay so every single yoga class I ever go to will be 10 pounds so if I end up going to if I end up doing 250 home practices rather than going to studio then I get return on investment on this investment so this was how my brain was working it was like not following it was obviously following intuition but bringing logic into it so I signed up to my yoga teacher training and this is where things started to unlock. For anyone who's listening, who's ever practiced yoga, you may have had this experience too, whereby when you're starting to do energy work like yoga and opening the body and new pathways are starting to open. And this is when intuition can really start to turn online. What's funny about this yoga teacher training, and I feel to share this because this shows how like in the matrix I was at this point in time. I remember we had a module on the chakra system. So obviously the chakra system is the energy system within the human vessel. And it's such an important part of the yoga practice. And I remember this lecture and I remember sitting there and she was speaking through the chakra system. And I just thought, what a load of absolute rubbish. There are these spinning wheels of energy in the body that like dictate how we move through the world and impact our decisions and impact, um, you know, our well-being. I just thought this is a load of absolute 
gobbledygook, woo-woo, rubbish. So this is where I still was. And this was when I was like 25. <laughs> and obviously now I'm a quantum healer and I work with the chakras. So this is just like, it always makes me laugh when I reflect back on this version of Susie who was like so um, shielded and not shielded, but was so just like didn't want to look at spiritual things. And there's a lot of witch wounding around that. So maybe I'll speak into that later. So it was on this t- yoga teacher training that I realized that I needed to leave my corporate job. It was like the whispers became screams and it was like, you need to leave your job and you need to go back to India. And I was like, oh my gosh. (laughs) So I left my corporate job and I kind of went back and forth. Like it was, it got quite messy to be honest, because I was going to leave. And then I, I ended up getting scared and getting pulled back. And then, then I was stuck there and then I like knew I needed to leave. So it was like not an easy process to leave um the corporate world and I just feel quite a few people listening to this resonating of like feeling this pull to be doing something else and then this like this real human fear of like the lack of safety that's going to happen when we don't have that regular paycheck so had to move through a lot of that and then eventually left the corporate job and then I flew to India and that's really when I feel like the awakening happened and I was fully cracked open. So I was in an ashram for three weeks in Rishikesh in India, in the Himalayas. And during that time, a lot of, um, I was processing and still moving through and healing a lot of like anxiety and depression that I had been moving through for those previous two years. So it was a really deep healing journey. I remember this was the first time I pick up, picked up a spiritual book and it was um, You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay. And I feel like a lot of people have this experience where that's the first book. <laughs> I've read this from so many spiritual teachers. They're like, I picked up You Can Heal Your Life by Louise Hay and my life changed. So I'm getting shivers all over my body as I'm talking about this book <laughs> and I can see you nodding. So I can feel your resonance. So for anyone who hasn't read this book, I mean, it's just so powerful because it's seemed to like your body um your body holds the score and like the body speaks the mind so all the physical elements that we ever experience in our human experience are are manifesting from the mind or from you know it could be past life experience or something but it's it's coming from some form of energy that's creating this um disease in the body so dis-ease in the body disharmony so I picked up this book that was a life-changing moment and then I had my first experience with Claire audience when I was in the ashram, um, where one night I was lying in bed and I was fast asleep and I got woken up in the middle of the night with a man like shouting in my ear in a language I didn't understand. And I was absolutely petrified. I was like, what is going on? Because, you know, I, I'd never had a spiritual experience like this before and it was so loud and I was scared. I was like, this is a, a negative energy or like something's happening. So the next day I spoke to the ashram owner and he said, you don't need to worry. We have a master who like energetically protects this space. Like nothing of low density could come in. So I moved rooms and like that was, that really shook me in a lot of ways. Um, and now in hindsight, like I actually know that was one of my guides stepping in. So a um, healer confirmed that for me that she was like, well, you have this guide and he like is quite shouty. I was like, oh yeah, met him. And it was during this ashram experience that I had my first over astrology reader. And this was with a Vedic astrologer in Rishikesh. 
And for those who don't know, Rishikesh is like the birthplace of yoga. So to have a reading from a Vedic astrologer who's been studying Vedic astrology for like 30 or 40 years in Rishikesh was like a very special moment. He knew things about me that nobody knew. Like there were things about my life that I was like, no one even knows that. Like I've never even like told a friend that information. And he like was speaking into my future and what that held. And just, it was, I was like that, that fully cracked me open of like, there is life beyond the 3D. There's no denying that there is more than meets the eye. And I, I have to like kind of accept that now that I've had these two experiences in India. After India, I continued to travel and I felt so divinely protected as I continued to travel because I've always traveled on my own. I've done a lot of solo travel and maybe we'll speak into that, but I ended up going to Bangladesh and that was like a whole situation with like safety for me. And I just felt so divinely protected after like being to India and just knowing like whatever happens, like you're going to be okay. You're going to live a long life. I was like, I'm all good. God's protecting me. And one final thing that I failed to speak into, I know I've kind of gone on a tangent from the original question of the spiritual awakening, but I had this experience in Bali where I'd shared with um, a girl that I was traveling with these amazing experiences that I'd had in India and, you know, this reading with this astrologer. And she, you know, she was intrigued, but, you know, sometimes people are just like not interested if they're not, if they're not ready, then they're not ready. And I remember walking through Ubud in Bali with her. We were like near the monkey temple. Just for those of you who've been to Ubud, you'll like be able to visualize where we were. And she said, oh, I was chatting to one of my friends the other day and I was talking about you. And I was like, yeah, Susie's my spiritual friend. And I was like, what? And she she said, you're my spiritual friend. And I was like, I'm not spiritual. And honestly, Jess, this being called a spiritual woman was so triggering for me. I like was in full rejection mode. Like I'm not spiritual. Like it actually really upset me and made me feel very unsafe. And this was like deep, 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 deep. Now I know like deep witch wounding around past lives. I know that I was burnt at a stake in a past life. So for somebody to publicly announced that I was a spiritual woman made like every cell in my body contract and feel like this is a life or death situation like you cannot tell anyone I'm a spiritual woman so I feel like I went on massive tangents for your original question which was like speak about um can you speak into like the awakening but that really was when the awakening happened for me it was in India having those experiences And then like really holding that faith and that belief as I like moved into the next transition of my life, which was moving to Australia for seven years. And you did travel and go on those pilgrimages. It might not have been intentional, but it's still by traveling somewhere that's not your own home and you're put in situations that open you up. That's where the magic can come in. I actually really relate with the shock with that she said that you're spiritual because when I've had my own activation, I was with a few people who they were just like, oh, you're going to be a healer. You're, you're a healer. And I was just like really 
just no, no. <laughs> and I laugh now in hindsight of all the different things and, and like I, I don't know how many certificates and courses and workshops and things I've studied. I, I When I was working on my imposter syndrome, I'd become a certificate collector and I would like learn all these modalities. <laughs> I think that's very relatable for a lot of healers. And, um, and then I like incorporate like all these little things and then end up kind of creating our own thing. It is very confronting when you really have that activation. I could, I could just imagine it, but the soul contract for her to say that is, you know, it's so perfect because she held that mirror up and you were just like, I'm not sure if I want to see that. <laughs> Absolutely. And um, yeah, I'm incredibly grateful for her because that it actually gave me a, a real life embodiment of what women must feel like when the witch wound is fully activated. Like I felt that so viscerally through the body. So yeah, extremely grateful for her. So you moved back to Australia for seven years. Let's shift now into when you started to, well, what I'll ask is, did you specifically then go on a pilgrimage before you started to leave pilgrimages? Or did you do what a lot of people I know is, which is embody and kind of teach it and then learn through the doing? I love this question so much. So what happened next was, okay, this is, this is quite funny. <laughs> when I look back on this, I'm like, oh my gosh, the universe is always guiding you where you're meant to go. So I had left Australia. I was living back in the UK. Um, and I'd been, just to put some context to this, I've been traveling the world since I was 21. So for the last 14 years, I've been traveling the world solo. So I've like been to many, 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 many countries and like doing the solo travel life. So I've kind of been pilgrimaging my whole life, but not it hasn't been like an intentional, like spiritual pilgrimage. So I was living back in the UK and the way that I live my life now is really in flow with spirit. So full trust and surrender with spirit that I will be guided to where I need to be in the exact divine timing and to let go of all this human control that I've been living my whole life. So living back in the UK and I'd been living back with my mum for like a couple of months and it's quite unusual for me to be stationary in the UK for that long. So she was asking where's next. And I was like, I don't know. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. And then eventually it dropped through that Greece was the next place. So it was a feeling in my body rather than a download through my crown. But it was like this feeling in my body like that Greece was calling me. I said to my mom, I was like, okay, Greece is calling me. I feel like that's the next place. And then the next day I was with a friend, um, a soul sister, and I said to her as well, like, Greece is the next place. That's where it's calling me. Then the day after that, I received a message from a friend of mine in Perth called Iris. She said to me, she sent me a voice note. She said, hey, Susie, like, I'm not sure what your movements are right now. Like, how much longer are you going to be in the UK? But I've been told to gather the women in Greece for a pilgrimage. I'm getting shivers. Um, just wondering, yeah, what your movements are and like if this would be any interest to you because I feel your energy around this pilgrimage. Actually, she said retreat. So it was a retreat. She said, I feel your energy around this retreat. So I replied just like jaw on the floor, but not really because this stuff happens all the time in my life now. This is what happens when you are in full surrender. So I just said, yeah, count me in, whatever you're doing, I'm there. Like I'm already booking my flight to Greece. So this is perfect. So what then happened was 
it was going to be a retreat where we were going to be making a profit um, and I was going to be a co-facilitator on this retreat. But Greece is so expensive in August and we were going for the Lionsgate portal. The price for the retreat was just like astronomical and we were going in six weeks. So Iris came back to me again and she said, okay, change of plan. What spirit's now dropping in is like, it's not a retreat, it's a pilgrimage. So like you really just like kind of need to cover the costs Like you're not going to make money from this. It's going to be a not for profit. And like you just need to gather these light workers to do this sacred grid work. It changed from a retreat to a pilgrimage. And I'll be honest, Jess, I didn't even know what a pilgrimage was. <laughs> I was like, it's like, I think I had to Google it. I was like, what's a pilgrimage? Which, you know, I've read like The Alchemist and I've read spiritual books where they speak about, you know, people going on a pilgrimage, but I didn't really understand. If someone had said, what is a pilgrimage? I wouldn't be able to describe it, but now I would. It's like, you know, being in flow with spirit, like t- walking the path of spirit. So this was how the first pilgrimage came about. And I've never held a pilgrimage before. I had held... No, I've never held a retreat before. So it was my first experience of holding women in a pilgrimage capacity. That was a massive initiation for me as a space holder. So it was definitely learn on the job, which is going back to your original question. Yeah. And just like pull through whatever is meant to be pulled through. Like you are a vessel for the divine. So just show up and you will be you will be shown the way. I love that. And it really is the fastest way to upgrade and embody it because I feel like with that ultimate act of faith and threshold energy where you just take that leap of faith, mm-hmm. it just opens up the the lover and the, the seer archetype and the sovereign archetypes and it just allows you to become that bridge. If you try and plan it out to perfection, you it's kind of like you only allow the information to come through in a trickle and instead of a complete flood of just, you know, sovereign energy, energy coming through. Yeah. And I also really love how you you said, I'm feeling Greece and then boom, you know, because my first real experience with pilgrimages, I was like you, I travelled a few places, not as much as you, but a few places and a few countries beforehand. But I was reading this book, um, the Serpent of Light by Drew Bello Melchizedek. In it, he's talking about he went through Mexico and he was meeting this main elder, Humbat's man. I didn't think anything of it. I had a really amazing, like almost cellular alteration of my cellular structure while reading that book. There was something encoded in that book which really activated me, but I I gave it to other friends and they didn't have anywhere near the experience. It was just, I think, some kind of coding there that was meant to be. I finished the book. I believe it was almost the, the next day. If not, it was within 48 hours. And I get this email invite to go to Mexico for this 10-day sacred site tour. And it's with Humbat's man and this other couple. And I don't remember joining the newsletter. I don't know who they were. I did find out later on that they did have a connection with my friend in Singapore, but I still don't really remember joining anything or anything. But I just went, oh my God, I have to go to this. And the series of events of how the money came together and like the miracles that happened in, you know, I I paid my 800 US deposit and I didn't have any other money. It was non-refundable. I paid my deposit. I'm like, I'm just, this is just has to happen. And it, and it happened. And 
there was things that I learned from him which then connected to other books that I'd read about um, the Egyptian times and the Essenes and uh, Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And like he literally connected so many things that I had read. And I'm like, well, that you, you can't explain that. But then, and this is something I wanted you to also talk about with your experiences is there's something about some of these sacred sites that are really old and they have these encodements in the hieroglyphics, in the carvings, in the stuff. And uh, we visited like four or five different temples in the Yucatan and I walked into this one and I went and I almost see myself in a past life or 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 alternate um dimension and it was like a mystery school like a university you know it was just profound and I'm sitting there and I'm like staring at like all these glyphs and I'm sitting there going the amount of time it would have taken to carve this and create this and I like I was just an altered state do you have any experiences where you've just gone into some of these places and just gone like the encodements here are just like full-on oh my gosh there's just been so many places I've visited let me just tune in and feel if there's one place that's like particularly oh that's interesting okay it was like not somewhere I expected to actually come through but um it was Recently, actually, in Glastonbury, I went to Mary Magdalene's temple, well, not temple, um, chapel. Um, so this was where it said that she came to the UK and she set up this like hospital there and it's now a, a chapel in devotion to her. But like when I stepped in there, it was like this, I just felt her presence and it was like this remembrance, oh, I don't know, just like this deep, deep, deep connection to her. And where else? Oh my gosh, this is like actually such a hard question for me, Jess, because I'm just like, there's been so many places. I mean, there's been many, many of the places in Egypt. So Dendara Temple was probably the one that I felt the most emotional when I entered there. And there was this deep remembrance of that energy. Um, and that is Hathor's Temple in um, near Luxor. And a lot of people that travel to Egypt don't end up making it there. But if you are going to travel to Egypt, anyone that's listening to us, this is like high, high, high on the priority list, in my opinion, Hathor's Temple. It's just so, so beautiful. And the energy there is so powerful. And Jess and I had a really powerful experience with Hathor there in like a private kind of secret room. Um, And this can happen quite a lot in Egypt. Some of the guides will take you off into like secret rooms and things where you can do your your uh, quantum medicine magic or shamanic magic, whatever um, energy work you do. And sometimes I feel like it unlocks things energetically. You find out within the next six months, like all the things that it's helped to unravel and unlock within you. I just have a side question. It's a little bit off on a tangent, but I know in your podcast, you talk about like priestess energies. And I've always felt like the Rose lineage and Mary Magdalene and also Isis is just very interlinked and very connected. And I was just, when you, when you mentioned Mary Magdalene, which I think it was Mary Magdalene's day, um, only just a, a few days ago. So I'm not surprised her presence is being made known. But do you connect with that that rose lineage and the Isis lineage? 
Yeah, absolutely. So actually, I was um, initiated into the Rose lineage when I was in Greece. So I had a deep healing experience with Sananda Christ, who I had on my podcast, and she is an ascended master in human form. Um, So the work that she does is like very powerful. She's super galactic and she's like just incredibly powerful healer and activator. So during this session with me, I was activated into the path of the rose and like a lot of that like soul memory was coming back online. And also that trip to Greece, the priestesshood of like Egyptian timeline also came back online. We were working with the Ankh a lot. Um, and that had been coming through to me in like um, medicine experiences before I'd been to Greece, like the Ankh and the Egyptian codes were coming through. But those two um, kind of timelines are probably the strongest ones that run through my work. So working with um, Isis and working with Mary Magdalene and Mother Mary, they're probably the strongest deities that come through in my work. And Kuan Yin, which is an aspect of Mother Mary anyway. So I feel there are so many priestesses in the world right now who are waking up, like hundreds of thousands of women who've who've lived these priestess timelines. This is really what's going to support the rise of the divine feminine um, in the next few hundred years. So it's a very exciting time to be alive and. Yeah, I'd never heard of what a priestess was until, you know, fairly recently. So a lot of the stuff that's coming online for me is all re- is all like very new. It's like my soul's on, um, I don't know, the fast track to be like, come on, more, 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 more. I wonder if you'll feel the call of France with that rose energy coming through with you. Maybe that'll be your net pilgrimage that you'll have to put out a calling for. Oh, I just yeah, think yeah. it sounds amazing. So for my audience who's listening, what if they're like, oh, I don't really know what a pilgrimage is. And if I um, am thinking about it, like what what should I expect and how can a pilgrimage help somebody? Yeah, amazing. So a pilgrimage is a really special and such a unique experience because it's different from a retreat, it's different from a holiday and it's different from like backpacking, but it kind of encompasses all of those into one. So with a pilgrimage, you are moving from location to location. Um, So you're moving from sacred site to sacred site and you are essentially doing grid work as a light worker when you're doing this. So visiting sacred sites and at these sacred sites, if there is soul remembrance or soul memory or like an activation that needs to happen, that will come back online when you land on that particular land. And there have been times for me where I've experienced deep healing in these places so your soul may need to go back to somewhere there that you may have had a traumatic experience in a past life so that that healing can happen for that past life so with a pilgrimage it's all about um, a lot of trust and surrender with where spirit is guiding you like trusting that you're going to end up you're going to end up in the places you need to end up so for example if you are heading to a sacred site you may feel like you want to wander off and I don't know go to a particular stone like it's really about trusting your intuition when you're on a pilgrimage the other incredible thing about a pilgrimage compared to like your standard tour group is that there will be spiritual teachings coming coming into the pilgrimage so this is why they're such a new, unique experience and Jess like I know you would have had this experience in Mexico in that I've done so I've done like I can't even count on my hands how many like organized tours that I've done 
around the world and travel trips, but they miss out all of this sacred knowledge and this spiritual wisdom and this history that is not shared with the general public. And then if you're a woman, there's like the her story as well, like what was actually her story rather than history. So what you can expect is the unexpected <laughs> miracles. I feel like there is usual, usually miracle frequency running through pilgrimage pilgrimages because the souls that are called to take these pilgrimages are holding such high intention and high vibration for these experiences. So I've known I've heard of people who've been to the Great Pyramid and, you know, seen aliens inside of the tombs. Like, you know, these kind of things can happen when you're in a very high va- vibrational group because the vibration can attract these higher frequencies and higher energies into the space. Does that answer your question? I feel like there was one more thread that I've missed. It was perfect. There's one thing that I wanted to ask, and this is because it's very relevant to myself. And you did touch upon this in your podcast as well. And that is sometimes it can really stir up some of the darkest stuff inside of us that needs to be purged. And sometimes it can be hard. It doesn't always, you know, be easy and fluffy. Like things can go wrong. It can be seem obstacles put in your way and then how you get around those obstacles that almost is the miracle in itself. I went to Peru and Bolivia last year and I call it my unwanted and uninvited pilgrimage because I wanted to just go as a tourist and as a reward and have a lovely experience and instead I was just constantly tested and I was trying to control things and I'm I'm like I felt betrayed by spirit like where's my manifesting I am like a brilliant manifester and what is this shit (laughs) like I was just so much stuff was going on and then I got severely ill like um so so ill with this bizarre um flu which was so much more than just a flu it was a physical purging I just wanted to speak into that because there's going to be other people who are nodding their head going yes I've had those unpleasant pilgrimages have you had experiences like that and is there a way that we could kind of circumnavigate those experiences if we can prepare in any way or is it just meant to be that way okay so I feel like yes you can definitely prepare like I would say this was an experience that actually Jess had on when we are Egypt experience like having your mentors on tap like or on call like the the people that you know can support you best so if you have like an energy healer that you work with or you know some kind of mental spiritual mentor like that can be very 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 helpful I would actually say if you're going to go on a pilgrimage to do a bit of a detoxification before you go as well like if you could do a juice fast or you could do um just something that's going to cleanse the body that would be helpful because when it comes to the purge it may not be so so horrific so in terms of preparation those are the things I would do and then on the actual pilgrimage I mean energy protection energy work is going to be so important I had this experience when we were in Jordan Jordan was very 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 tough on all of actually Lacey was fine we were traveling the three of us but um Jess and I really struggled in um uh, Jordan it's called like Petra's the land of the dead so it's like it's some pretty hectic energy there and like some really dark stuff happened there so if you're an energy sensitive then you're naturally going to be feeling some of that so 
sometimes this is unavoidable and then the experiences that you were speaking into about like the really deep physical purges and like the initiation of some spirit where you're like why universe I feel like this is soul lessons and like the things that we have to experience my invitation is like in those moments um what I like to do when I'm going through an initiation, because I've been through a lot over the last few years as I'm stepping more into my light leadership, is when I'm in the experiences, like, how much can I feel this? And like, the deeper you can feel it, the quicker you're going to move through it. And also, I always like project myself into the future. And I'm like, what, like, what teaching is going to come from this? Because if I'm on a pilgrimage right now and I'm super sick and I'm purging, like perhaps at some point in the future, I'm going to be holding someone who's going through that same thing. And I can really be, be there with them in like the deepest embodiment because I've experienced it. So I do honestly believe that everything we experience is for our highest good. It's just when the human's not comfortable, it's not fun. Just listening to you, I was just like, I didn't really do any energetical work. I didn't really do any like looking after health, none of these things. But I was going to the sacral chakra of the planet and I was going to like these, the like I knew that there was going to be stuff that happened. I think whenever anyone's planning on traveling, if it's somewhere that is kind of known as a spiritual place, even if you're exactly like you and me were when we were younger, not really spiritual people, just to be on the cautious side, why don't you do some, you know, protective work, cleanse some stuff before you go? Because that might end up saving you a lot of problems. Just out of curiosity, have you ever done your, um, I think it's called astrocartography? Yes, I have. And did you like so when I did come back from Peru and Bolivia I found out that my sun moon and mercury's all run through Peru and Bolivia and the lady who told me to do it she said that she actually has some that go through there and when you have your lines going through certain places it can sometimes be like when you go back there it's a bit of it's like extra um energetically rough on you as as you kind of have to go she actually went a second time and she was perfectly fine but the first Mm. time that she went to Peru and Bolivia she had almost identical same things you, you know with a lot of physical illnesses and um problems and with the high altitude I could hardly breathe and then my lungs are full of gunk and I'm like it was just struggle street so with your astrocartography wherever any of the lines are did you ever have any problems or any kind of extra powerful pilgrimages in those places really great question do you know what hearing you speaking to this I want to go and have like a pure astrocartography reading because I had actually had a astrology reading recently which was um I'm a business owner so I had one for like a business forecast for the year of my chart of like what to do what when and she looked at my astrocartography to begin with and it's crazy that I've never looked at this because I've been traveling for so long but um the main thing she was looking at was like the Jupiter line because it was like a, a business forecast so that was very interesting for me to see where like the best places in the world were for me to live in terms of building my spiritual business and expansion and all the the good juju but it was interesting. Um, Pluto runs straight through Perth for me. And like, I've had some like, that. I was in Perth for a month this year. And I really like that was like the some of the deepest shadow work that I've done probably in my life. And like the most anxiety and fear and just so much was coming up for me. And I was like, I can't understand because Perth is 
like a beautiful place, but so much is being churned up. And then, yeah, when I saw my astro cartography, I was like, of course, like Pluto is going straight through Perth City. I would say for anyone who is considering traveling, like get a get an astro cartography because I agree with you, Jess. Like if it's if it's a place that has a lot of energy around it, there's going to be a lot more activity there. Um, and I think it's always good just to know if any of those lines are being activated before you travel. And I think another reason why it might be coming up for anyone listening is since I've had this experience and my friend told me to check it and boy, did I have, you know, some stuff going through those places. The people I've talked to who they went and then checked theirs, they're like, oh my gosh. And some of them, two of them, it was through Egypt. They, the first time they visited Egypt, it was sickness, struggle, like all these other different stuff. But then they feel the calling and they go back again. And I feel like I'm saying this in case somebody has had an experience and they might be like, I'm never returning there. But if you actually check your um, astrocartography and it was actually probably karmic in some kind of way, it's building stuff up. When you return, it's easy. And Uh, One of the ladies is actually going back to Egypt. I think it's her third or fourth time. But her very first time, there's just all this stuff that had to be cleared. So don't dismiss sacred sites if you have a bad experience. It could be that there is karmic stuff that needs to be, you know, cleared. Absolutely. And I'm also a big believer that, and this has been happening quite a lot over the last two years. So if you're listening in, like maybe you can feel back to where you've been called to visit but over the last two years I've been seeing so many people return to places where there was perhaps something uncomfortable that's happened in this incarnation and we're going back to recode those experiences and recode like our experience on that land so like I love what you said about like don't be afraid to go back and you will feel the soul call to go back like I'm having this at the moment there's somewhere I'm meant to go back to And the last time I was there was not a comfortable experience. Like energetically, I was like, had feeling like I was having panic attacks and they weren't mine. I was just picking up the collective energy there, but spirit's like, you're going back. So um, I know that this next experience is going to be a more fruitful and rewarding one. So I love that you've shared that. And you've up leveled and grown so much. And then you're, you're going back in your expanded state. So I feel like it's not only it's, you're having that experience because you're clearing and you're working but then the next time you go back you have been recoded in so many different ways it's really powerful the next question I want to ask is what are some of the things that people can actually consciously use pilgrimages to transform you know there's going to be people who could be stressed they could be traumas they could have all kinds of things and they're like I really consciously want to go on a pilgrimage to help me to release these things have you got some experiences or have you witnessed some stuff or have you got any kind of input into that conversation oh my gosh I love this question okay so I have been on I've only really been on two pilgrimages like official pilgrimages at this point and only one of them was I holding people I would say if you're going on a pilgrimage consciously a pilgrimage there's always going to be energy work happening so you're going to be receiving healing and activation like regardless of whether you like want that or not like you're going to be receiving that I would say that if you feel like you have had 
um, a traumatic past life experience in a country. So let's use Atlantis as an example. So with the fall of Atlantis, I believe a lot of those um, those souls are back on Earth right now, like because abuse of power, perhaps in that past life, which led to the fall of Atlantis. And we're coming back now to um, work through that karma, karma and use our power for as a force for good. So let's use Atlantis as an example. If you feel connected to the Atlantean energy, then perhaps going to Greece is actually going to be extremely powerful for you on a soul level and for some of that healing to happen. And that was our experience in Greece. There was like some deep tears and crying, screaming from all of us actually. And I feel like a lot of that was around that Atlantean timeline. And then I would also say like, you know, and I'm sure lots of people have like past lives in Egypt or Mexico or whatever it is. So if you're having reoccurring dreams of being somewhere like that, country is probably calling you for a very divine reason and then the other thing that's coming through that I feel called to share is and this is interesting because I wouldn't have thought this would have come through on the podcast so this is just channeling through is if you do have um if you do feel like there's something going on with a particular chakra in your body system it may be very beneficial for you to go to that heart chakra in the world so if you're experiencing heartbreak like maybe actually going to Glastonbury and Avalon and Avery and and traveling around that part of the UK could be deeply healing for the heart space so you could bring this like human consciousness to your pilgrimages if there is like a particular intention like if you wanted to activate the solar plexus then go to that chakra of the world yeah that's my that's my feeling on like intentional healing um around pilgrimages and you just said another word which is so obvious I don't know why I didn't think that is activation as well because I feel like a lot of people can be called if they want to activate the priestess archetypes within them so to speak or to connect with the goddess or if they have a lot of witch wounds religious woundings as well and all kinds of stuff that you know they they're wanting to release those parts and activate these parts and like the rose lineage and all those things so it it's can be a pilgrimage is you can go in with the intention of your letting go of something but you can also go into a pilgrimage thing I'm wanting to activate something absolutely and as you're saying that I'm feeling quite a lot of um light workers are going to be called to um Israel and Palestine over the next few years to like really recode some of that like the um unhelpful conditioning that we have received as a collective around Christianity and actually to like go and activate the pure Christ consciousness that actually resides there you know just before COVID broke out that was the next place I was feeling called the message was to go to all of the temples and churches and doesn't matter like who's what and just pray at all the different places and sacred sites and then I kept seeing the image of and this is how funny spirit is I kept seeing the image of one of the I can't think of the name it's one of the churches that the, the Russians had built it kind of tied in more with I think Mother Mary or, or Mary Magdalene there was all the there's caves beneath it and I was like there's something about those caves and I talked to my friend who quite she does light language and she travels all around and she's called and she does amazing work and she had been called to go to the same place but they wouldn't let her sing light language but they said it's okay you can go to the caves beneath and I'm I'm like that's where you were meant to go and I was so spun out it was just amazing so when you this is my personal belief and I, I wonder if you feel the same but do you feel like sometimes it's like 
a specific place will put out a calling and you know like it's almost like a ringing bell and the light workers who answer will be drawn to visit this place and do whatever is needed 100% what I am actually seeing at the moment with Glastonbury so I've grown up in the UK I'm 35 I've never been to Glastonbury apart from to the festival once so I've never been to the sites of Glastonbury and coming back on this trip I was like I need to go to Glastonbury and I've I've already been twice. I'm going to be going a third time in a couple of weeks. There are so many women from all over the world who I know, some in the States, quite a few in Australia, who are all coming to Glastonbury for the Lionsgate this year. Um, and I believe, yeah, that um, the energetics and the energetic ley lines there, well, it's where St. Michael's ley line and um, Mary's ley line meet is in Glastonbury. So I feel like that energy sent out a call to the collective and we're like the light workers that are meant to come, please come. One of my friends used this beautiful analogy and I always like, this is what I always see is that as light workers, we're like a little um, acupuncture needle and we are like going all over the world. And when we land somewhere, we don't even have to do anything. Like we don't even have to do anything. Like we're there just being this anchor of light for, you know, light from the divine to come through um, to that particular place. And also we're supposed to pick up some codes when we arrive there. So I definitely feel like that. And we will see that a lot over the next decade of lots of people being called to a particular place in the world. Egypt as well, like that is calling so many people right now. It's so funny because my friend who is on the previous episode of the podcast and she was talking about Directed Will and she's amazing and her name's Kara. She's like, if you do the meditations and stuff, will you come to Glastonbury with me next year and do um, some co-facilitating with me? And I just went sure so it's it's so funny like literally I always thought it was so random but for me I keep feeling Merlin's cave Merlin's cave Merlin's cave and I'm like yeah okay I'll put my hand up I'll do it you know and I also want to do Egypt in February so just they're all calling aren't they isn't that amazing yeah Yeah, it's like the um I just feel like this um what's the word I'm looking for it's like this higher aspect of all of these energies is wanting to be was wanting to come through and for light workers to be able to like feel that energy and embody it um because some of these places have experienced like a lot of the lower energies and it's yeah it feels like there's um some like we're going there to do some of the clearing work and then being able to share that with the world so that's very exciting about Glastonbury have you been before no, I've always wanted to. I've always felt drawn, but it's really interesting. Just in the last few weeks, I my friend randomly said, I'd like to go to Egypt and do like womb work and womb clearing and different things. She's like, do you want to come along? I'm like, I'm already kind of said that I'm going in February, but if spirit wants us to do it, then we'll work out. It'll, it'll happen. I just feel like there's so many people like being really called to do it. The other part, and I know we do have to wrap this up, is if there is anybody who has felt a calling and their logical little brains just like, well, why would I want to do that? I'm corporate or everything's fine. What would you say to them to help encourage them to take that leap of faith and go on their own pilgrimage? Okay, I would say the soul knows soul is always guiding you to your highest timeline the ego's role is to keep you safe so 
whenever your feeling is pulled, like really actually feeling to the feeling, like where is it in the body? Like it may be in the heart or the womb or the solar plexus or the throat. Like what is it that's being drawn towards this space? And just trusting that the spirit has your back. The amount of times that I've been like, I can't make this happen. And then the universe just, you know, makes it happen. But you do have to make the first step. So, for example, like you paying the $800 deposit, like, I mean, you have to take the first step. And then you're in a, I, I said this on a podcast the other day, you're almost like in this cha-cha dance with the universe then, but you have to take the first step. Um, you will, your spirit sends you the call, trust the soul call. And the other thing that's coming through to share is what you will experience. And this was my experience when I went to Greece is like, you will be gifted something so beautiful if you say yes to this. So just trust yourself. Also, we're here for such a small blipping time. So like, what are you, what is this life for? Like, what are you, what are you actually here for? That's another question that I would get you to ask yourself. Like, what kind of human experience do you want to have in this lifetime? Exactly. I love that. And I will also add that in my experiences, and I'm sure Susie's had this and many of the people that's traveled with her, I just have such extraordinary transformation and sometimes it it just spreads over like a six-month integration period. So many things like unfold from it. Even if you don't know, just trust and, and go because the transformations just can be beyond words. So for my beautiful audience, if they were to connect with you, I'll put all the links and everything in the description, but could you tell them how to find you? Yeah, so the best place to find me is on Instagram at Susie Hempstead. I'm very active on Instagram. This is where, how I love to move my energy through the world. And um, you can also find me at my website, susiehempstead.com. Yeah, if you want to enter into my world, I have a freebie, which is called the Soul Activation Bundle. And within that, there is a beautiful meditation for you to connect with, like this older, wiser aspect of yourself. It's quite a soul-stirring uh, meditation and activation and um, yeah there's a few other things in there like journaling prompts and things like that to support you to step into uh, your higher self. I highly recommend you go and join her freebie so that you get on her mailing list because who knows you might put a call out and you'll be able to go oh my gosh I was just thinking of going to Glastonbury or this place or that so that by being on your mailing list they can see your future endeavors. The other thing that the beautiful Susie does, incredible business coaching for soul-led entrepreneurs as well. So she has some yearly programs. I was stalking her and watching her on her live. I think it was just yesterday or the day before. And she speaks yeah, yeah. very lovely. But the reason I feel comfortable kind of saying that is you do have repeating kind of things that you do each year. So even if you listen to this podcast in five years time, the chances are if you are still going to go and visit her sites you will be able to see some kind of business course that she is running or doing that's actually thank you for bringing that up Jess because this is actually such an important part of my soul mission on the planet is to support light workers and shamans and new earth leaders and healers and mystics to really own their gifts and if they feel called cool to be building their own soul legacy their own businesses 
I feel like I am an activator for that. And I'm meant to be supporting these women and men to build these businesses, whether that's online or in person, and to um, place wealth in the hands of heart-led humans, because that is what I believe is really going to be the turning point for the planet and to create this planetary shift that we want to see. It's like, how can we put you know, hundreds of thousands, millions of dollars in the hands of healers. (laughs) Like this is where we need the money to be. And I'm getting all tingly on my head as I'm talking about this. So um, supporting spiritual entrepreneurs is like one of my favorite things to do. And yeah, I run a mastermind, um, a regular mastermind, which is a three month activation portal to support you to get out there into the world um, and start sharing those gifts with the souls that need to connect with you and one of the most refreshing things that I've also noticed by stalking you is you interact so beautifully with a group of women and you all are building your businesses in a cohesive rise sister rise energy which is something that I am the biggest advocate for because you know I've I also help people who you know come up against the people pleaser and the witch wound which I believe are intrinsically linked and what happens is so refreshing and beautiful to see people where there's no ego involved, there's no nothing, it's just support, sisterhood rising and that collaboration. I thought to myself, really love the vibe of these ladies and I really have to get her on my podcast. And I'm so glad you came along because I feel like there's going to be so many juicy aha moments for those who listen. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Jess. Thank you for having me. It's been an absolute honor and a pleasure. And just to share one final thing, because I feel like this will be maybe surprising for your listeners. My Chiron, my wounded healer is in Gemini. So actually the using my voice is like a really challenging thing for me in this lifetime and it's the karma that I've come to overcome so to act I run my own podcast but that's easy because I ask questions so to be interviewed is like quite um it can be quite scary for me and it like can bring up a lot around this wounded part of me so thank you for holding such a beautiful space I felt the energy of your podcast is so beautiful I can feel the energy of your community and yeah I'm just like very grateful that you have been part of my journey of like the voice activation so thank you I loved having you on and from my perspective I love how you choose your words I love how you're conscious of your words how you articulate it I think it's very intentional so listening to your podcast and listening to you talk on lives and stuff is quite beautiful so I just acknowledge all the work that you have done I think you're fabulous thank you Jess I think you're fabulous too Alrighty, everyone, we will sign off. I'll put everything in the description so you can connect with Susie. And it has been fabulous. Thank you.